Last week we talked about how Psalm 83 is not connected to Ezekiel 38. But if it's not, what is happening in Psalm 83 and who is it about? Let's talk about that today on the Midweek Move. Podcast extension of the Healing Place is a podcast where we examine scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves what is happening here. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're continuing a kind of a special segment of Midweek Move where we're kind of breaking down uh, Psalm 83 in light of some recent world events. This is we're living in some like real life prophetic times taking place right now in uh, in the world, and at the same time, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of discussion about some passages and. We want to bring some clarity to it, and we kind of talked about this last week, but Pastor Scott, why is this important for us to to do this? Well, first of all, it's the end of the world as we know it, and we're going to find out, is Dallas fine? <laughs> I'm good, as long as Google doesn't go off again. <laughs> oh, if you didn't catch that, y'all, go back next week. Uh, that I was might sorry. just cut that moment and put it in the slip <laughs> right now, just go over See the look on my uh, face of Google going so off. so awesome, man. It was so good. Um, okay, why do we need to know this? Um, you know, I think that I, I gave some terminology last week, but I, I really think it's just awakening us to the truth that God is speaking. Mm-hmm. Now, God is moving. Like when we think of God, God is speaking, God is moving, a lot of times we'll attribute that to like a, uh, a worship service mm-hmm. or uh, an altar call. We'll say, man, God is moving. And what that may mean sometimes is that we were stirred Mm -hmm. or maybe our emotions or maybe whatever. But what we have to realize is that God speaking and God moving does not always manifest in a way that we actually want it to. Mm. And sometimes God moving means conflict on the earth, like God moving. Because God moves, and if man doesn't want God to move, that's going to create conflict in the man mm-hmm. or the woman, which then is going to manifest into conflict in a family, in a community, in a nation. Mm-hmm. But it's always an internal conflict first. It's a yes to Jesus or it's a no. Mm-hmm. If it's a no to the Lord, then that means that how God wants to move and how God speaks now in that situation, it's probably going to involve conflict. Because God's speaking something that someone doesn't want to hear. Yeah. And in that, there's conflict. We've all dealt with that inner conflict. That God is speaking to me, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. We don't say that out loud. <laughs> you know, we especially wouldn't say it out loud in church. Sure. You know, because, oh, you can't talk about that stuff. You know, it's like, but that internal conflict is not God's fault. It's us saying, ah, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. That creates conflict. <clears throat> now, if I don't want to do what God is wanting to do in my life, that conflict on the inside of me is going to manifest in some way. And that is going to manifest in our relationships and our jobs and our, in our life. It's going to manifest in some way. And it's the same way on a global scale mm-hmm. is that conflict with God will manifest as conflict on the earth mm-hmm. because it will change the decisions of man away from the will of God. Mm-hmm. And when, when God's will begins to manifest on the earth, it can look in a way that we would say, Oh, that's not God. But, that literally is God moving to get the attention of people to turn back to him. Mm. We see it all throughout the Word of God. People can talk Old Testament all they want to, but it's all over the New Testament. It's all over the New Covenant. Mm. That 
even Paul's letters to many of the churches were conflict. Mm -hmm. He was saying, you're not listening to God. And because of that, this is manifesting and it's wrong. You want to know why you got fights going on in the church? You know why you got women who are lording over men and you got men who are sexually immoral because they're at conflict with God. You need to get right with God and you get right with God. Then it will manifest in a different way, Mm -hmm. but you got to get so so even though it may not have been a world war, it was conflict, but God was moving and right. God was speaking, yeah. yet there was conflict. And so I think it's important that you know, God is moving, and actually he's moving to bring his word to pass. Mm. Um, I, I think I said this on a Wednesday night. You know, literally the, the, the borders of nations have changed, and people talk about it all the time. But in many of those instances, those borders are changing to come into alignment with the Word of God, of what God says it's going to look like, mm-hmm. what nations will look like, what their borders will look like. Right. Not just Israel, but many nations yeah. of what it will look like. And it's coming into alignment with, our, with the Word of God. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important. You know, we've been reading Ecclesiastes a ton, and to everything there's a season and a time, but it's God's time clock. Mm-hmm. Like God's the one who makes it beautiful in all its time. And again, Look back to Israel being restored as a nation in 1948. Look at the Hebrew language being restored, the only language that was extinct that's been resurrected right. in the history of the world, mm-hmm. the Hebrew language. And it was prophesied yeah. that it would happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, again, you know, the, the historic prophetic event. You know, when you talk about the, 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 and I know this wasn't necessarily in our notes, but you talk about Israel being reborn as a nation or being born as a nation. It was preceded by one of the worst atrocities in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Not just World War II, where millions upon millions upon millions of Americans and, Brit- and British and Russian and all manner of people died, but there was a concerted effort to exterminate an entire people group that they would be remembered no more. That was the pretext for Israel becoming a nation, that 8 million of them would die. Mm -hmm. And then we read something like Ezekiel 37 that says the valley of the dry bones, and can these bones live again? Mm. 8 million bones, can they live again? Mm. God says, prophesy to the bones. Mm -hmm. Speak to the bones. Not only can they live, but within a couple of years of near extinction, they will become a nation. And it'll happen in one day. I don't know how you can look at all that and be like, oh, yeah, there's no God. Yeah, God doesn't love Israel. Oh, uh, yeah, these things are just coincidence. Are you kidding me? It takes more faith and idiocy to be an atheist not to believe than you say that we we are the ones who are ignorant. We are the ones who, uh, listen, I got to have evidence, and I got to have evidence, and I got to have evidence. Listen, if you don't want to believe God, it doesn't matter what kind of evidence I give you. It's not going to be good enough for you because you don't want to believe. Yeah. Whew, that got heavy real quick. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, this stuff stirs me up, though, because I was an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe in God. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe there was some cosmic power moving everything around. And, and, and I was the one that would say, oh, give me some more. Give me some more. Give me some more. I know why I was saying that. I wasn't saying it because I needed evidence to believe. I didn't want to believe. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter what you said or what you did. I wasn't going to believe Mm. until I had a Saul on the road to Damascus moment where God himself said, okay, if you won't listen to anybody else, let's see if you'll listen to me. 
and I'm giving you a timeline. It's today or it's never. And some people go, no, Scott, God loves you. And man, he's going to give you a lifeline. I'm just telling you right now, if I did not accept Jesus Christ on, on, on that Sunday morning in Heber Springs, Arkansas in 1994, I would be dead. Mm. I know that with every fiber of my being. That was my shot. And if not then, never. And he did it in such a way that I could not blame anyone else or attribute it to anybody else, that it would have to be my unbelieving heart saying, there is a God, yeah. and he's the only one that's doing this. Mm -hmm. And so why is this important? So that people will believe, mm -hmm. that they will believe. Because for some people, it takes a worship song to draw them to Jesus. For some people, it takes a death in the family. For some people, it takes the very fires of hell scalding them, and we snatch them out of those mm -hmm. fires, according to James, mm -hmm. right? Because for some, they need to be snatched out. Right. They need to go to a place so deep and so at the bottom that, boom, it's like, I've got to get out of here. Right. And so that's why it's important. And, um, you know, we, we know that Psalm 83 hasn't already been fulfilled. We know that because of all the different groups of people that have never been in one mind and one accord with one mm -hmm. purpose, uh, focused like this, this Arab Confederacy. Um, there's never been a coalition of these specific nations or peoples coming together at one time. Um, and we see in verse six through eight of Psalm 83, uh, the uh, Edom, Ishmaelites, Moabites, Hagrites, Gabal, Ammonites, Amalekites, Philistines, Tyre, Assyrians. We see all of them in verses six through eight of Psalm 83. Right. You want me to read those? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I want you to read this, but also if you go, as you walk through those, like who are these people like that are, we're, we're talking about here? Yeah. So it says, uh, verse five. They've consulted together with one consent. They form a, a confederacy against you. So that would be an Arab confederacy. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for land. It's not for peace. It's not for anything else. It's so that Israel will be remembered no more. Right. Scripture is clear about that. Verse 6, the tents of Edom, tents, that is important. And the Ishmaelites, Moab, and the Hagarites, Gabal, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, with the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria has also joined them, and they have helped the children of Lot. So we talk about the tents of Edom. The Edomites are descendants of Esau, Jacob's twin brother. Edom is also called Mount Seir in the Bible, okay. what is today southern Jordan. It is believed that Edomite descendants can be found amongst today's Palestinians. Now, before everybody shoots off the alarms, we're not saying that all Palestinians are Edomites. We're right. saying that they can be found, those descendants can be found within the Palestinians. And they're an ethnic mix. You can find Lebanese, you can find Arab, Persians, Assyrians, Egyptians, all amongst that. Right. When looking for the remnants of Edomites today, where do we find them? West Bank, Gaza Strip. Really? I mean, and that terminology in verse 6, the tents of Edom. Mm -hmm. The word tents biblically represent a population assembled in refuge. Where we get our terminology today of a refugee camp. Right, right. What do we hear about in the West Bank and Gaza Strip all the time? Refugees. I mean, like it's everywhere. So the Palestinian refugee camps are large encampments and a history of producing suicide bombers and terrorists. Mm. That's not presupposition. That's truth. Right. And it's and it's also not a shot at at Arabs or Lebanese or 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 um, uh, Persians or Assyrians or anybody else. It's not a shot. Listen, when you're raised in a certain atmosphere and ideals are jammed into your brain mm. and fear is jammed into your heart, 
there is no length to which you will act out of that fear. Yeah. And so I, I have such a, it breaks my heart for any victim. And listen, here's what I want you people to, to hear today. We look at, we can look at someone who has bombed a nation, or we can look at a suicide bomber, or we can look at someone and we can just just bring this vitriol their way without realizing that these people never had a chance at freedom, ever. From the time they were babies, all they saw was murder and pillage. And what was poured into them was to hate a whole other people group. We've seen evidence of this globally forever. And we can take it to every nation. We can take it between races. We can take it between nations. We can, but we forget sometimes that when you are bred in hate, it becomes a part of your DNA and you don't have a chance Mm. without just a sovereign encounter with God. Or that there would be a good Samaritan along the way somewhere right. who would help you in, in that abuse and that mental abuse and that physical abuse and just the way that you were bred. And if you were bred from birth to hate a certain people group based upon not even truth, then you're going to do that mm-hmm. because you trust those who raise you. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we talk about these different groups, I think here's where leaders preachers, pastors, get it wrong, is we start preaching all this stuff when we get on this thing and we get on this tangent and we start preach speaking, it comes off as hate for humanity. And that's not the gospel. Mm -hmm. Our hate is for evil. But our desire is that humanity, even in the midst of their evil, would have a revelation of the Lord and his goodness and his purpose and his plan for their life. And ultimately, they would be free from that kind of hate. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about, you know, the tents of Edom, you know, jihadists and all these different things, you know, the significance of Hezbollah, the stalemate with Israel, kind of shifted in 2006 because you actually had, quote-unquote, an election, <laughs> which is that term these days is even is even called into question. We had an election. Now, I'm not talking about America. I'm just talking about all over the world. Right. We had an election. Well, sometimes those elections aren't elections at all. It's just a dictator who stuffed a box or paid somebody, and now they're elected. That's kind of what happened in 2006. Mm. But it emboldened the other Arab states to unite against Israel because they had basically resigned themselves, 48, 67, 73. We had the numbers. We had everything, and we still lost. It was Mm. Gideon's army all over again. Right. And so in 2006, this Democratic election they now commercialize the Palestinian refugees and their 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 lot that has been given to them, and they commercialize it. And now organizations now come around that one focal point to now we can take Israel now around this little purpose right here. We can take Israel. So when we talk about the tents of uh, of Edom, that's kind of it implies that at the time that the Edomites. Uh, they will be assembled together, inferring that this confederacy are centered on the tents of Edom. Mm. And we kind of see that today. Yeah. Secondly, it said the Ishmaelites, mm-hmm. right? 
So Ishmaelites, Abraham's oldest son, born to who? Uh, Hagar. Yeah. Hagar. Hagar. <laughs> Hagar. Hagar, Hagar, Hagar was, was the prophet. prophet. <laughs> Hagar. <laughs> yeah. Hagar. So Genesis 21, Ishmaelites are uh, Ishmael's descendants. Mm-hmm. They settled in the territory known now today as Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all this terminology, the northern parts. Today, they would kind of be known more as Arabs than Ishmaelites. Mm-hmm. Then you have Moab, mm-hmm. Ammon, Moabites, Ammonites. And so they can kind of be grouped together with Ammon and, and the Ammonites. Lots, descendants of Lot's son, Moab, and Ben-Ami. Uh, the land, central Jordan, the ancient territory of Ammon is northern Jordan. Mm. And so, in fact, the, cord- the capital of Jordan today is still called Ammon, so Again, these aren't just, hey, I'm trying to get this thread stretched all the way over right. here. These are threads. Right. These are legitimate things. Because right? some people do. They they make crazy, like, jumping things of, like, oh, you know, there's a, there's a bird with a feather. It's Obviously, that's America. <laughs> yeah, it's right. like, no, it's, it's sometimes a bird's a bird. But, I mean, these are clear-cut, like, this is here. We can yep. go back through history, look at ancient writings, look at history, and go, no, this is, this is a group. And That's right. Within these own groupings, they point back to some of these. Some of these groups that, you know, the Ishmaelites, the they go back to Ishmael in yep. their own writings or their own faith because it's it's what they are. Yep. And and then you have the Hagarites. And again, Hagar, um, not much is known about them, but it is country of origin for Hagar, Egypt. Mm. So again, you have Abraham, he's cast out Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Cashed out. He's uh, he said nope to the sons of Keturah. You're mm-hmm. gone too. The Hagarites. Nope. You're gone too. Right. If those kids pass on hate to their kids because their dad cast them out, mm-hmm. where's that hate going to go to in 2023? Mm-hmm. It's going to go to the Jews because mm-hmm. Abraham is the father. Yeah. That's what happens when you hold on to generational sin patterns. For thousands of years. Yeah. This is like a Hatfield McCoy's on a, on a <laughs> grand stage. It's us. It's yeah. if, if, if I take on the generational sin pattern that was passed on to me and I carried on for my whole life, I mm-hmm. carried on to my kids, my kids, if that pattern is not broken, by the time you get eight, nine generations, those people are going to hate whatever the center focus of their hate has been all throughout those years. Mm-hmm. The hate is going to be unfathomable. Yeah, and what's sad is like oh, we're looking at this this family. Yep. I mean, these a lot of these they go back to Father Abraham. That's right. This is hate within a singular family system. Yep. Then you have uh, Gabal and Tyre, and these are not groups of people, unlike the others. Uh, they are cities in modern day Lebanon. So, Gabal located in northern Lebanon, called Jabal, today. Tires in southern Lebanon associated with Hezbollah. Mm. So then you have Amalek. Amalek was the grandson of Esau. Amalekites were his descendants. And though nomadic, their main dwelling was the Negev Desert, which is southern Israel today. Mm. Again, all these things tie back. Philistia, ancient homeland of the Philistines. Mm-hmm. Historic enemy of God. Right. <laughs> you know, today is known as the Gaza Strip. Mm -hmm. Like, again, 
there's no biological connection between ancient Philistines and today's Palestinians, but they occupy the same territory. Right. And if land is an issue, then land is always going to be an issue. Yeah. Where you land is going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Assyria, ancient empire, preceding the Babylonian empire. Their area of control is modern-day Syria and northern Iraq, mm. which we know that Iran and Iraq, although maybe not presupposed out front, they've definitely been behind the scenes mm-hmm. pulling some strings within this latest attack. Right. That's known. It's, yeah. it's not a secret. Yeah. It's also not a secret that America has sent dollars to a lot of these that are Oof, yeah. Don't even get me into that. <laughs> we're not a political show, but we are a Bible show. Now, let me ask yeah, this. that's we're a truth show is what we are. It's like <laughs> there's a there was a, in your notes that you had from Wednesday, you kind of talked about the um, there's kind of a timeline of some stuff. And again, we know that Psalm uh, 38, 83, 83, I'm sorry. Uh, it's not the passage from Ezekiel. It takes place. You said beforehand, what are we looking mm-hmm. at here? Like. We're not now. We're not going like all right, and you know, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty five, this is going to take place. We're not doing that mess. But what no. are we looking at, like when this type of thing takes place? Yeah. Well, again, it is, it is a pre Ezekiel war, mm-hmm. which then sets up a timeline for Israel to have no walls, be a nation of peace, mm-hmm. uh, at peace, recognized by the world as that. I have some thoughts of why that I won't bring those out today because mm-hmm. that could turn into a whole other <laughs> antichrist uh, YouTube right. uh, show. But there has to be some things that happen, not just Israel defeating this Arab Confederacy. But mm-hmm. Something has to happen after that to create the atmosphere for Ezekiel 38. Mm. And that necessarily won't come through, won't have to come through a people group it could come through a powerful individual. Mm. So let that land wherever you want it to land. <laughs> Everybody's looking for, oh, the Antichrist is going to come out of here, out of here, out of here. I think people are going to be shocked. Mm. Those that are living in around are going to be shocked at who this person is and where their actual roots come from. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be shocking Interesting. to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. I don't know who it is. I'm not <laughs> saying who it is. I'm just telling you, according to Scripture, according to Psalm 83, according to a timeline leading to Ezekiel 38, and the the atmosphere and environment that has to take place for Ezekiel 38, between 83 and 38, there are some things that are going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that those things can be accomplished without someone that has such a influence, power, and authority but with a uh, but with a drawing that we have not seen with one individual in the history of the world that can make Ezekiel 38 atmosphere conducive to what 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 is going to happen. Mm. Interesting. Well, we've we've dived <laughs> People into People are like keep talking. Yeah, yeah. Keep talking. They Tell me it. who it is. Lead it to me. <laughs> Tell me who it is. I don't know who it is. Yeah. So we, we've broken down what, what's not happening. We've broken down what is going to be happening. Mm-hmm. And the question then becomes, what are we supposed to do? And we're going to talk about that next week on the Midweek Move. And we want to hear from you guys, though, about what your thoughts were on this as we dive through this. I mean, this was a, there was a lot that you just went through here. Yes. Dissecting, understanding. Again, understanding what's taking place is important for us as believers. That's how we dispel fear. That's how we dispel, uh, dispel the 
anxiety that people go through when they look at stuff. If we just understand what's going on, there's a lot more that can take place because now we go, I have peace in what Jesus has done. This is all prophesied years and years ago. Yep. And if God knows what's going to take place, we can trust that he's going to take care of it. That's right. But we want to hear from you guys. Uh, reach out to us Midweek Move uh, on Facebook and on YouTube, or you can email us at mediahub at thbstreetport.com. And don't forget to join us next week as we talk about what our next step is. What are we going to do? Have a great week. <laughs>